1: You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett.
2: This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. Bradley Sal is out on assignment. The truth is this. So yesterday, I spent all day driving around Oxford and New Albany, Mississippi, delivering Girl Scout cookies. I was exhausted by the time Brad was ready to record, which was like 9.30, and I went, no way. There's just no way. And before that, I made preparations for today by texting David Brandt, my friend at the Associated Press. Hey, buddy, what's up?
1: I'm doing good. I'm glad to see that I could could be the backup plan.
2: You were the backup plan. I know it sounds like an insult, but it's not.
1: It's okay. I, I'm totally cool with
2: that. You're also joined today by Jordan Watkins, Ole Miss wide receiver. So, see, it's a star-studded edition of Talk of Champions. It is. David see, Brandt see how is and Jordan Watkins. That's a big deal. That's a big day. Well, act excited.
1: I, I, I didn't realize I was I was so excited. I didn't know I was supposed to jump in and, and talk okay. there. I thought okay. there was more coming from you.
2: We've got to pick it up now, Brandt. Okay, we've got to pick it up. All right, it's be a, all
1: right, all right, I got coffee. I
2: dynamic. Got coffee. Talk of champions. Okay, I'll tell you what. This is where we're going to start because Brad and I haven't really talked about this. The Auburn stuff is a mess, and and you've been around sports for a long time, and you covered Ole Miss for the Clarion-Ledger, the Associated Press. You know how this works. You've been around Auburn. You know enough people that cover Auburn. You you know about the situation here. And ever since I got in about 15 years ago, Auburn has always been a mess, but it's always been behind closed doors. And now – with so many people meddling, it's kind of bubbled to the surface. Now it's this big, public, ugly mess. And he's supposed to go to the SEC coaches meeting, I think it's in Birmingham, today. And yet he doesn't know if he's going to be the head coach. When you look at all the teams in the SEC West, Ole Miss, Alabama, pick pick your team. Every single team can argue that they're trending in the right direction. Only one team is truly regressing, and that's Auburn. And it's all because of this long-held mess and nonsense and meddling that they've had since you and I were still together in Oxford and then you moved out to Phoenix
1: oh yeah there's no question I mean like I you know this this Brian Harson stuff is I, I like you said it's a continuation of what has made I, I I mean it's part of what makes Auburn a great place to be and a bad place to be they just care a lot you know, and everything. And so, and, and everybody does, but they do have a certain type of, it seems at least from the outside of booster culture, like you said, a lot of people meddling, it just gets crazy there every couple of years. And once it, you know, and sometimes there'll be a relative peace for, you know, two or three years and then it all bubbles back. And of course it's, it's come back with a vengeance this off season. And, and I think you're right. I think the real problem for Auburn right now is all of this is not coming at a very good time because, I think every other school in the West kind of, you know, has their stuff together, um, has some continuity with the coaching staff and and is moving in the right direction. So, um, you know, yeah, I don't, it's not surprising, you know, as soon as you see Auburn, like these things happening, it would be surprising except it's, it's
2: Auburn. It's Auburn. That's always the response. Oh yeah. That's how it's supposed to be. It's become the common thing. It's Auburn. And what's really interesting about this whole conversation as it pertains to Ole Miss is the timing of it. Because last year when you're hiring Brian Harson, if you're Auburn, Lane Kiffin reached out about that job. But they had nothing to do with Lane Kiffin. Didn't even engage, didn't even think about him. And Lane Kiffin ran into that this coaching cycle too. Now Lane Kiffin seems to be pretty well established as Ole Miss head coach. I think after this hiring cycle in both college and the NFL, and considering what he just brought in in recruiting specifically the NCAA transfer portal, it seems like Lane Kevin's going to be here for two or three years more, if not a little bit longer. It, it feels like his feet are now more firmly underneath him at Ole Miss. But last year, Auburn was a real threat if they had gotten serious, but they wanted Kevin Steele in the coup that, uh, or the coup, the coup of getting Kevin Steele in as head coach and then Alan Green kind of going out on his own. It's fascinating that not only this is where it ended up, but it was kind of inevitable that it ended up here. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it is interesting. And I just, I'm generally speaking, you know, talking about Lane Kiffin, again, from afar, just kind of the polarization on him. You know, obviously, I think Ole Miss took the plunge and it's worked out really well. And I said at the time, I think on your podcast and other podcasts, I thought that, um, you know, hiring Kiffen was the good move just because uh, I, I think you're getting, I know Lane Kiffin has his warts and everything like that, but she, Ole Miss was getting the best version I thought of Layton Kiffin possible. I mean, it's obvious that he's a good offensive coach. He, you know, can recruit all those things. And and you're getting him at a more mature time in his coaching career. But there's still, you know, certain, obviously people have long memories in Auburn and other places. There's some people that just will not touch him. And uh, it's, it's just kind of fascinating. I think it's worked out. I think it's obviously worked out very well for Ole Miss the last couple of
2: years. Which is just really weird because – a lot of schools, LSU, Auburn last year, won't talk to them, and then you hear Auburn floating Hugh Freeze's name?
1: Right. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, teams are seem to be – you know, it's not like colleges have been risk-averse in the past. It's I bizarre. mean, you know, a lot of places will, will hire people with baggage or, you know, things that spots on their resume. I mean, all you got to do at Auburn is look across at their basketball program. And they hired Bruce Pearl, who obviously – has a, a a little bit of a iffy past as far as NCAA violations and different things like that. And, and he's got them as the number one team in the nation. I know they lost the other night, but they're still one of the best teams in the country. So, you know, it, it's just weird. Like what people, cause I, I mean, Kevin obviously hasn't been blacklisted or anything, but some people he's not even on their list. And then it's just, It's fascinating who people will go after and who they want. Yeah,
2: who they'll not talk to based on, quote, baggage. But if you actually think about Lane Kiffin's baggage, what is it in comparison to a Hugh Freeze? Hugh Freeze got busted using a university cell phone to call around to, um, let's just say, less than distinguishable spots in Florida— And yet Lane Kiffin is getting the same treatment for for what? That's what I'm trying to understand because you're covering it from a big picture now, sports, in Phoenix. And you know how these things work. You've been around it so long. So I'm just curious. And and look, I want Lane Kiffin to be at Ole Miss forever because it's great for business and it's great. I mean, Ole Miss winning is the best thing that could possibly happen for business. Oh,
1: absolutely. That's what people always like. You know, it's like, do you root for winning? And it's like, well, not in the sense of like that I'd like – Jump up and down and go rah rah, but yeah, like I like teams to be interesting and go places and you know win a lot of games. Yeah, and the best way to do that is be good and, it, and to be nationally relevant.
2: Yeah, because like Lane Kiffin yeah, is still absolutely. a story on like a random Tuesday when nothing's happening. He can send out a tweet. I mean, I and he's a story.
1: I still laugh and think about that time. You know, we went to New Orleans back with you know Hugh Freeze back. What, what what year was that? Two 2000- thousand. 15,
2: 16, I think
1: all the years run together for me now, but you know, I mean, those were great times and in in your business and anybody's business, it's good to be nationally relevant. It's good to be, you know, just have people excited and want to talk about the subject you're covering.
2: It's bizarre that he's getting this quote baggage held against him And, and good, good for Ole Miss because yeah, if you can get out of that hiring cycle in college this year, with Lane Kiffin still as the head coach of Ole Miss, and even the NFL hiring cycle too, with Lane Lane Kiffin, yeah, right.
1: I think, you know, I've thought about that before, and I think the reason that Lane Kiffin, it's not necessarily the baggage, there is some of that, but I think that he has the reputation, and and I actually, I think this is a credit to him, and what makes it, he's hard to control. You understand what I'm saying, Mm, like, from a booster standpoint? I don't think, like, you know, Auburn's boosters or anyone's boosters for that matter. Like, you know, Lane Kiffin doesn't exactly, you know, I'm not in Oxford obviously anymore, but from afar, it sounds like that, you know, Lane doesn't necessarily go out and do the booster circuit a ton. He does not. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I kind of got the feeling of. And that's a big deal to the people who pass out the checks. But see, that's a really endearing thing
2: for for Ole Miss fans right now, the community of Ole Miss, because – whether it's fair or not, and if you look at Auburn, it's not even comparable. But there was this long-held thought that this good old boy network was holding Ole Miss back, and Lane Kiffin in no way entertains this, quote, shadow good old boy, good old boy network that I don't even know exists. He just walks to the beat of his own drum. He does his thing. But at Auburn, that's where it really is, the good old boy network. What you're seeing right. I mean, is that's meddling true. boosters. I, I think
1: the good old boy network, to a degree at Ole Miss and most schools has has faded a little bit. You know, it's just not – the good old boy network got older over the last 15 or 20 years. I've always
2: tried to identify exactly what people are talking about because I think I know the names of who they're talking about, but there isn't like some collective, like the NIL Grove Collective, that's just these boosters sitting around at the beacon going, you know what, if we don't get so-and-so, we're going to –
1: Right, right. And the good old boy network kind of harkens back to about like – 2003 or something like that. It just doesn't, I I don't know if the good old boy network is quite as good old as it used to be or old.
2: (laughs) If you want to say true
1: good old boy network, it's all this. I I just don't think like you said, you have this meeting of, you know, like all these like 73 year old millionaires around the table, making the decisions. I'm not sure that goes down as much as people think anymore.
2: Do you still pay attention to Ole Miss out there in Phoenix?
1: I do actually. I I love, you know, with football especially like the sec is still the gold standard and obviously i mean you know i just and the games come on early here so it's fun to obviously i don't pay attention like i used to but it's it's really interesting to see how good old this got this year and just kind of you know keep it up with it i see all your guys tweets i see the craziness
2: you're not as active on twitter as you used to be i'm not either i know
1: well, it's weird. You, you know, I, when I was in Mississippi, obviously that was when Twitter kind of came out and I got on. Yeah, you got I me was. on Twitter. Well, everybody did. Cause VZ got us all on Twitter. That's oh what happened.
0: Yeah, he did. Cause
1: Kyle Veezy, you know, if you remember Kyle Veezy when he left, cause he covered state for a long time, then he covered Old Miss. Then he went to the commercial appeal and did sports, but his real love, he got into politics. And he was really he was the editor or like a writer for their political page for a while commercial appeal. And all that kind of didn't start, but like that manifested itself. If you remember two thousand eight was the year that like Twitter, the election kind of got Twitter going, you know, and everything. And that's when V got interested in Twitter because of that. And then he got on there. So that's who like, we blame. Oh, on here. We blame yeah, VZ. That's who we blame. Yeah, now, to be fair, if it hadn't been for Kyle, I'm sure somebody else would have gotten me on Twitter like three or four months later. But yes, it, it was Kyle Veezy's fault. That's the short answer. He's the Kyle's one that fault.
2: fed us the poison.
1: I know. I know. I, I still remember I got Twitter, and that day at football practice, uh, one of the oldest SIDs at the time, Daniel Snowden, was like, do I really have to follow you guys on this? This is the dumbest (laughs) thing ever. And I was like, it is pretty dumb. I was like, but, you know, I I guess it's like blast text messaging or something like that. And so he was like, whatever. And he got, little did I know that 13 or 14 years later, I'd still be tweeting on this platform.
2: How does this end with Auburn?
1: How does this end? How does it,
2: how does it, well, both.
1: I mean, I mean, how at this point it just seems like both parties are too far down the road. I just don't know how you can reconcile at this point. I saw that I saw Brandon Marcello's tweets the other day that Auburn apparently like restructured their, you know, that they could fire with cause if he wasn't cooperating. Just just created a rule.
2: Everybody talks about fans talk about like like loyalty with coaches and players to a school. The school literally just created a rule so they could fire him.
1: Yeah, that I I am not an expert on law or anything like that. But <laughs> I'm not sure that holds up. Yeah. Like you know, I, I'm not. That's a heck of a stretch right there. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of people in college football and just with contracts in general. They're like, why didn't I think of that before? Yeah, like, just make up the rule. We what have this
2: long held rule. At, We're sitting in court in right. Auburn. I'm lawyer for Auburn University, saying, hey guys, look, we've had this long held rule since February 8, 2022.
1: Right, it's like you're sitting in court at 10.30 in the morning. It's like, as of 10.13, (laughs) you know, Brian Harson can be fired with cause. It's like, what? So, anyway, I I mean, I just – I think they're too far down the road. I think – I have no idea when it actually happens. But, I mean, doesn't it seem to you that this doesn't seem like it can be saved?
2: Yeah, I've seen this too many times. Once it gets to a certain point, it's just kind of inevitable. I I think the timing of it and how it's dragged on is what's – both hilarious and kind of pathetic in this whole situation. Because we all know. Right. I man. actually
1: do have I I love that Brian Harson is he's in Mexico, isn't he? Apparently. Well he's
2: back like, now. He's back to go to the SEC meetings in Birmingham today.
1: Well, nothing nothing like a little drama at the SEC.
2: Yeah. Then. yeah. Did
1: you ever cover one of those? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the meetings
2: yeah like meetings Destin meetings? meetings Birmingham wherever it was did you I ever, did
1: not because they were always they were always in Destin and I would throw it out there because who wouldn't want to go to Destin for a little while in the because uh, they used to be in like May or June didn't they like
2: yeah I thought Memorial so. Day I don't know if this is the same and thing that's why they, they, I was
1: surprised when I saw tweets that there were SEC meetings I was like that seems well maybe really it's fun. like
2: an impromptu meeting or something that was already on the docket and doesn't really apply to the same kind of like coaches meetings that they do maybe they're still going to do that but.
1: Right, I, I think they what is, still do like the big ones with yeah. the ads and all that stuff down there, and it's kind of so. This must be some other sort of gathering, but still,
2: it, it's going to be weird. What that's do they do? Of, what do they do with these things? Big picture stuff. That's
1: now that's a good old boy network right there. Uh, no, um, I don't know. That's a good question. You're you're the guy I have to know. Nah. I, I'm in the know. I don't the FCC as much as I used to. I. Because I, I knew about, obviously, the time invested Destin when they get together and they talk about rule changes and, you know, just different things they want, you know, as far as issues, grievances. Remember that time when Ole Miss and State got in the fight at the Egg Bowl for a couple months and yeah. Greg Sankey was supposed to sit down with everybody and smooth things over? That worked out really well.
2: I don't know if Greg um, Sankey's done a great job of keeping the league from eating itself.
1: I don't, you know, actually, I think he's done about as good of a job as possible. Okay. Like, I, I'm not saying he's perfect or anything like that, but you talk about a tough job. And, and the SEC has had two good ones in a row with Mike Slive and and, and Greg Sankey. And, and I don't mean that they're perfect. They make some bad decisions and everything like that. But I do think they're good at threading the needle between having a fairly strong presence and also – being in the background a little bit, you know what I mean, because like it's not like you read about Greg Sankey in the news all the time, but he's also not necessarily a pushover in every instance. And yeah. So well, I, I think
2: back to like Ole Miss's NCAA there, investigative there to case. Issues. Yeah. Do what now? I go back to Ole Miss's NCAA investigative case, and there's no way that Mike Slive would have allowed what happened with Mississippi State, and Ole Miss, to happen back then, and even a, a much lesser or less important. Situation was Jimbo's press conference after he got trolled by Lane Kiffin and a couple of others and Jimbo's super mad. These very public attention grabbing press conference, just situations. I think that Mike Slive did a better job of keeping the lid on those to where the league didn't look kind of like a carnival because right now it's a circus. It's a carnival. We're going to get right back to David Brant in this edition of Talk of Champions with Jordan Watkins, oldest wide receiver, coming up on the Modern Woodman phone line after we hear briefly from BNA Bank and Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Women, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions.
0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it always has been to a degree. And I I agree with you in some regards, but I also think Mike Slive was, the leader of the SEC at a time that was slightly different. I mean, it's just, you know, everything's just multiplied by like 10 as far as, you know, the SEC network, all these different things that have popped out, just the amount of media coverage, the amount of press conferences. And so, like I said, there's individual things, and I do think that Ole Miss NCAA you know what i think about that is i'm glad you have me on the podcast right now cuz i've been thinking with all this you know all the new rule changes in colleges we spent i spent personally years years stressing about this NCAA, the
2: I did, I did too. I did not too. just
1: not not like what it would do to Ole Miss or what it would do to Ole Miss. I was just worried constantly about news breaking. You remember all the national people were on the story. Well, well here's obviously, my thing. Here's my thing
2: about news breaking. I've talked to this. I've talked about this with Neil, with Chase, with Chuck, with David Johnson, everybody here on the beat. If I break tomorrow, say Lane Kiffin is the next head coach of the Saints, and obviously the Saints just hired Dennis Allen. They're just playing out a hypothetical. If Lane Kiffin were hired as the New Orleans Saints head coach tomorrow, and I was the one that broke it, how does my day to day change? How does it change? Does my money change? No. Does my day to day operation change? Does anything in my life really change? No. So we've all kind of agreed that it's ridiculous that for the longest time, and you were on this beat for a while, we were all so competitive for what? It was ego. That's all it was. That's all I can come up with because nothing matters. Nothing matters. Just do the job, do it as best you can and feed the beast. And and people want to know about Ole Miss. We talk about Ole Miss on podcasts and we write about Ole Miss. But the breaking news aspect of it, you talk about Twitter, Twitter kind of ruined that because it doesn't matter if you're the first one to report it on your message board or where you think you're supposed to report it. It's going to make it to Twitter. And whoever mentions it on Twitter first, at this point, all these national desks, they're just aggregating off of Twitter.
1: Yeah, so in fifteen minutes, everybody knows about. Yeah, it's it's completely stupid I think to it worry works about it. Is if you can if you can work your way into like Adam Schefter territory, then it pays off. But I don't think but the college yeah, football I mean, you
2: just, can do that because it's so localized.
1: Oh, I agree. It's harder in college football. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, there's you know there's a couple of national guys that do a real nice job, like the Ross Dellingers of the world. Um, but it, it's just not quite the same as far as breaking news. Cause yeah, that is well, a good big point big with things, that. But
2: you, you and I love Ross. Ross is our guy, but let me ask you a question. What's the last big story Ross broke that you remember? And he's broken a lot of stories, but you don't remember it because that's how, it's, that's how the culture is now. If that yeah, makes sense.
1: I remember back in the day, he broke the LSU, some a bunch of LSU stories when he was covering LSU, but yeah, from a national standpoint, I know he gets scoops. Occasionally, as far as we all get like, scoops, but it just doesn't
2: know, matter. So I, I do appreciate that. I feel like culturally, around the beat now, everybody's just kind of taking a step right, back. And say, this is stupid. News. This is not really everybody
1: dumb. is walking around like cloak and dagger. Yeah, and I, and I think that was starting to change even a couple years ago. But my point with the NCA investigation is that it was such a big deal at the time because you mm-hmm. knew, you know, oldness was in hot water, and it turns out, you know, if all this had happened. I mean, I guess not the phone calls and all that stuff, but that's not how it all started. You know what I mean? It, it totally morphed into that as far as the recruiting. We were SEC like,
2: media days, weren't we, when all the uh, phone call stuff popped up? Oh yeah, and all of us ended up in a
1: lawsuit, and like all that different stuff. It was great times.
2: Great times. You know, great times.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but you know, like we were so wrapped up in that and the you know, the, the good or the bad. And, and, you know, if, if Hugh Freeze was dirty or if he was not dirty and you look back on it now and it all seems so silly, you know what I mean? Like,
2: it's completely silly. It's so silly. I mean, yeah,
1: and, and like it doesn't even exist no, anymore. No. Like, you know, we, we basically, I, I basically spent two or three years of my life stressing about an investigation that would not even exist like five years later. And it's just, I'm not mad about that or anything. It's just kind of weird to think about that that consumes so much of my attention and all that stuff for, I wrote about one of the, I I remember I had, I was taking uh, Emily and the girls to Disney world and I wrote about a something from a Chick-fil-A in Tallahassee, Florida, about this because, you know, we stopped and they had lunch and I wrote about some development in the case. I can't, something came out. It was, you know, like in late May, I can't even.
2: Oh, it just completely consumed us.
1: Of man, hours I spent and you spent and everyone spent worrying about that. You know, oh, that's it all I did. Kind of right that's
2: all I did. Cause now, first of all, when you look back on it, number one, if Hugh Freeze is dirty, if Ole Miss is dirty, dirty in relation to what? These are arbitrary rules. Exactly, Arbitrary rules. So, you know, you got some local guy writing a book with a football player behind bars. What? What? You're not going to jail for this stuff. These are arbitrary rules. It's talking about cheating and stuff. That's not what it was. And now all this stuff, sleeping on the couch. I mean, everybody sleeps on the couch, but I'm talking about all the other stuff, loaner cars. That's just commonplace now with NIO. That's just a part of the deal now. And we're all talking about it out in the open. Now, there needs to be regulation for the transfer portal. And I'm about to talk to Jordan Watkins, Ole Miss wide receiver, formerly of Louisville, on the Modern Woman phone line, just strictly about the NCAA transfer portal.
1: but oh, sure. It's. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's watching just, it from afar, it is different. quite a – I mean, it's like we knew beforehand. We knew we that, like, by having this nil stuff and everything, that it would solve a set of problems, but it would also create a set of problems. And you're seeing that right now. I mean, it's just the NCAA's incompetency.
2: Up. Just as it was incompetency with old Mrs. NCAA investigative case, they had a predetermined outcome and they spent six years getting to it. Now nil, they roll it out. It's the right thing to do, but they don't think ahead. They're reactive, not proactive. So now it's a year-round thing. When these kids, I mean, for example, kids get into the portal right after the season's over in November. And for most of these kids, they're trying to get to their next spot by January for the spring um, semester enrollment period, and also to participate in spring practices to get in the strength conditioning program. They don't want to wait till the summer. And yet the NCAA is still applying the same recruiting rules to them as they are to high school prospects. What does that mean? There's a two-week quiet period, so when they need a month to just go on visits, and it still would be a really tight window, they still need a full month, they're only really getting two weeks to visit, what, 40 schools that offer them? Oh, sure.
1: I mean, you've got to, you've got to narrow it down right away. And And also what people, you know, obviously I think the transfer portal for the big names, you know, your huge name quarterbacks, you know, people that have obvious landing spots, it works out really well. And I most of them know I where they're going like, to begin with, yeah. Right, exactly. And that that's fine. That works out. But there's a whole chunk of, you know, I don't want to say the underclass or anything, but others that don't have as much of a plan and you see them really getting, it turns into a bad, you know, they get left out in the cold or they don't end up where they want to be, or they have to, like you said, you know, they're out of programs for like six months and not doing, you know, college strength and conditioning programs. Like it's just, it's not, moods for a lot of people at least that's what it seems like from the outside
2: is the ncaa doing what the ncaa does i interrupted you so many times i'm sorry man i'm sorry about that i know you're trying to tell us i interrupted you too
1: yeah i mean it's It's what we do this is what you
2: and i do to each other we just sit here and talk this is like how we talk on the phone
1: right but i mean i will you know i will literally think back on my 30s like, a big chunk of that was spent with the <laughs> investigation. And, like, looking back on it, you're just like, man, we spent Why? a whole lot of energy for something that really was not particularly important.
2: It didn't matter. And that's what i felt now about this job for a long time. Not that it doesn't matter. I love what I do. And I love uh, sure. how the fans engage and stuff. It's not that. It's just that you get worked up about, oh, i got to be out in front of this. Okay, I'm going to win some. I'm going to lose some. But even if you win, what did you, quote, win? What did you, quote, lose? Nothing. So it's silly. Let's just do the job and do it well. And I give people credit. If Neil breaks it, if David breaks it, I don't give a shit no more. I just don't care because it's silly to get worked up in that way. And uh, I think this job just completely changed. And now, if you look at the culture of college football, and same thing with Brian Harsin and everything else, it's become so cutthroat. And we always knew it was cutthroat. But what I mean by that is everybody's looking out for themselves now. Everybody. And I think right, that, it's yeah. totally
1: yeah. I, I now I'm interrupting you, but I think that is the biggest change. Like we all knew, and everybody kind of knew behind the scenes. Obviously, you knew it. coaches mm-hmm. are looking out for their own interests. Players are to some degree, but now that it's out in the open, and players are able to look out for their own self-interest, which is generally a good thing. It's I a think good most thing. People would agree. It's just created total chaos and free agency. And again, that's just part of the nature of the beast. I think it will settle down in the next couple of years, I think when people, when there's enough of these kind of transfer stories gone bad, you know, where people go into portal and don't land where they want to, I think those stories kind of trickle down to other kids and people learn from mistakes. And I I do think there will be some level of settling down, but yeah, I mean, just the, the kind of, um, you know, there's, there's very few kids. There are some, and there are some coaches that truly love the school they go to and have some loyalty to the school. But for a lot of people, it's just, where can I play? Where can I make the most money? You know, all these things. and there's not as much loyalty to the laundry, you know, as they as they're, you know, as people even ever thought, I, there still is some of that. And I do think there's a, a, a big chunk of kids that truly do love Ole Miss or state or no, they love they you to,
2: while they're here. You know? But I mean, that's just, yeah. Yeah. That's the way it is.
1: And, and some kids even, I, I think, would get to the point where, yeah, maybe I can go somewhere else for my last year, but I'm going to play here. I do think that happens, too, because they love the place and they like old Miss. And and I do think for some kids, it's a it's a good investment in their future that, you know, there's something to be said for going to a school for four or five years, being an all-conference player. And then, you know, even if the NFL doesn't work out completely, you've always got a job in the, as we talked about, the good old boy network. <laughs> Where you know I've always said like somebody like Dak Prescott, you know he never has to worry about a job again, no matter what happens to him. For the rest, Bryce of the time, like, Young, he can get hired at he could get hired at State. Yeah, well Vince Young is a great example, but you know Dak could quit football today and State would hire him for probably a million dollars a year just to be Dak.
2: He's the brand. He is the Mississippi State brand. Yeah, I never yeah, thought about absolutely. that. Absolutely,
1: and he should be. Absolutely,
2: yeah. Well, I'm curious to see where this goes as far as – I mean, Jordan Walker he's coming up in just a minute. And he knew well into the season, like September, October, that he was going to leave Louisville. That's crazy to me. But that's how kids are thinking. And they should think that way. You have to look out for yourself. And that's what all kids and schools and coaches are doing. Good, but it's a complete change from the way that college football used to be not only run, but thought about because for the long—it was bullshit, and we knew it was bullshit. But a lot of it was, these kids have love of school. It's so much more pure compared to the NFL. And now that it's kind of been spilled out into the open, I don't think fans are pushing back against I think they've kind of accepted what it is. But there is a little bit of an adjustment as far as how we perceive college football and what it's going to be moving forward. Because these kids are looking out for themselves, and they should— because they weren't looking out – or excuse me, the coaches weren't looking out for them as far as their long-term future. The coaches were looking out for themselves. The school, yeah, they love the kids while they're here, but Ole Miss had a problem for a long time in bringing guys back and treating their alumni the way they should be treated for what they gave to your school and that kind of stuff. So it's just very different now, and I don't know where it's going to go. But I will say it's made it a lot more interesting. And it, it has become very freeing too because like, I think everybody now – do not have to take it so serious. It, it's it's okay, right?
1: Right. Well, I remember, especially for like you guys and even even me, like working at a paper. I I remember and like Ian Rapaport reported on a story when he covered state way back in the day, like when I first got to the Clarion Ledger in two thousand six, and it was something. It was supposed to be like a nice summer feature about you know, how some of the players were taking like yoga or something because they were trying to improve their balance. Like, I mean, it was a silly story, but it was like these like three hundred pound linemen, you know, taking I can't even it was like ballet or something, something to improve their balance, you know, and it was it was kind of a cool story, but in the in the process of reporting it Ian apparently accidentally committed like secondary violations or state, Ian didn't do it, but state committed secondary violations in something. It was, it was ridiculous. And I remember Ian got this torrent of, you know, back then it wasn't the same, but like of online and email and, you know, just, ah, he was like, I was just trying to write a nice story about, you know, big uh. guys being in ballet. <laughs> And and it's just stuff like that. You just don't have to worry about that stuff. You
2: don't have to worry about it. Ian was so fun to screw with. I don't talk to Ian anymore, but I remember when the SEC basketball tournament was in Tampa that one year. And me and Ty Lashewski drove down that long, long drive down. And I think, were you there? Did we go, when we went to Lakeland to see uh, the Tigers? I was
1: in Tampa. Yes. Yeah.
2: We We went to uh, spring baseball, spring training. And it was the uh, Lakeland Tigers, Detroit Tigers playing some, I think it was the Mets. And, um, Ian's a big Mets fan. So he went, he goes with us, but, uh, he had his rap sheet thing that he did, like his blog or whatever. And now he is rap sheet, which is hilarious. But, um, Ian was feeling himself. And of course me being a dick and, uh, you, you kind of play along too. uh, but, um, he was like in front of me, way off in front of me. And I yelled out, Oh my God, is that Ian from rap sheet? And he turned around like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and of course he said, Oh, it's you guys, you jerks, you jerk offs but that was fun. And now Ian's on NFL network and I'm still covering Ole Miss. So who won?
1: No, he, it's incredible. He's really built an empire. I I think I'd want to be on, I don't want to be on Twitter all day. Like he is, but he's got a heck of a gig. Good for him. I see. I saw him, he was in Phoenix. This was like pre-COVID, but he was doing his, uh, you know, in the preseason where he goes from camp to camp and we Mm -hmm. caught up. It was good to see him in Phoenix. So he's, What's amazing, like the TV life and that good salary. He looks; he still looks twenty-five years old. He looks exactly like he did when he left Starkville. though.
2: He still looks like a guy that we could screw with if we needed to.
1: Well, and I'm just jealous. He's still got that nice head of hair. Like I don't. Yeah, like, well, you, you lost yours pretty hair early, hair, man. You know. I know. Mine. Mine was going. Well, as soon as I moved to Oxford, I re- Dude, What was that haircut place? Oh, it was like a local place in Oxford. Um, it's not there no more. I don't know if it's there or not. That's what I was asking you about. It it was in that – it was on University, like where – Oh, yeah. What was
2: that called? That oh, UPS
1: God. store is in the – it's like a big strip mall.
2: Yeah, it's not there anymore.
1: more. Oh, it's not there? Yeah, well, I there. went there in like 2007. I was like 27 years old, and I had let my hair grow out, and I looked ridiculous. <laughs> and this lady uh, was cutting my hair – and she gets like halfway done. And she goes, did you know you're, you're losing your hair? And I was like, what do you mean? Like at the temples? And she was like, no, everywhere. And I was like, well, no tip for you.
2: That is you know, haunting. Just,
1: well, and I was thinking about it. You know, when I get home, I'm like, that lady doesn't know what she's talking about. And I'm looking at my hair and I was like, yeah, it just doesn't look right. Oh, that's You know what haunting. I mean? And sure, enough, I mean, she was absolutely right. She didn't be a service. So I don't, I She ripped day. the bandaid off. Yeah, well, she did. And from that point on, I I still haven't been to a, a barbershop. I've just buzzed my own head for 14 years. So she saved me some money, too, in the long
2: term. You're from the West Coast now. Before I let you go and talk to Jordan Watkins, what do you think about Jackson Dart, no longer the USC quarterback, now the Ole Miss quarterback?
1: Well, I thought that was fascinating. You know, USC is kind of the, uh, I don't know, this isn't fair exactly, but the the Auburn of the West Coast. In the, in the sense that there's a lot of meddling going on and a lot of, you know, talent running through and it never seems to work out at least the last few years. And so, you know, I mean, he's going to come in and there's a lot of, you know, the West Coast has some things to be desired as far as uh, uh, college football these days, but there's a lot of quarterbacks coming out from around here. And, that, you know, Jackson Dart, I've heard good things. He had good moments at USC. I think in the right system, he'd be really good. So I, I think it's a, you know, it's a good, a good it's a little bit of a roll of the dice, but I think it's a good one to do. I think he's, he's very talented.
2: All right. Well, here's what I was going to ask you. I asked this to Bradley Sell earlier this week. Heisman Oz came out this week, or updated Heisman Oz from Vegas, and he was like plus 2,500 to where Bryce Young was plus 250 and Caleb Williams was like plus 300. If you could take Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, or the field, which includes Jackson Dart, underlaying Kiffin at Ole Miss, at plus 2,500 odds? Who you take?
1: I, the field is a really intriguing bet at that point, especially just because what we've talked about the last 20 minutes. Just football is so, you know, it used to be that we were like, oh, he's a transfer. He's got a, you know, he'll have a half season to adjust and all that stuff. I don't think that's going to happen as much anymore. I think, you know, you roll out, the team you have. I think a lot of teams are going to be adjusting to a lot of new pieces just because of the transfer portal and different things. And that's just not, I, I think these, these futures bets on Heisman's and stuff like that are even harder than they used to be to set correctly, just because you have no idea what's going on. And I think it's even harder for college basketball. You know, we haven't even talked about that, but you know, basketball, I think, and and it's the one thing that I think I'm getting off track a little, but hurt the college brand more down the line is that I do think people grow attached to the continuity of a few years with a player you know it's hard to like you know one reason Dak Prescott is so beloved at Mississippi State or Eli Manning at Old Miss or Deuce McAllister anybody like that not only were they good but they were there for a minute you know and so it's like an era and I think that you're you know, my mom is a big Kentucky basketball fan and she's complained for years. She still loves Kentucky. She loves watching them, but the one and done as much as she loved watching the good players, it was difficult because you had to get attached to a whole new team every year. And I just don't know if that's good long-term, but it's the norm right now. And so getting back to your Heisman question, I just think that almost every team in the country is going to have Tons of new pieces because of the transfer portal. And so one, I think that's not going to be, become as big of a deal. And two, I think if you're one of the rare teams that does have some continuity from year to year, um, that's going to end up being a big deal because I think you're going to be a lot better right out of the game.
2: I give you CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, or Caleb Williams, or the field, Brant. Which are you taking?
1: I said the Okay. I'm taking
2: the field. All right. I got lost for a second there. I was listening to you. It was a really good no, point, no, well, but I couldn't remember if you answered I me.
1: I'd be okay.
2: over. <laughs> All right. He's David Brandt at David Brandt AP on Twitter. He's an AP sports reporter in Phoenix now covering the Cardinals, the Suns, and the D backs. Not Ole Miss, but today today kind of covered Ole Miss. Look at you. You feeling like you're like back in your well, old well, shoes or I, something?
1: I enjoy well, I enjoy talking about it because, like I said, I, there's there's nothing college wise that it's Like, I love being out here, especially lately now that fans are back and everything. I get to cover some Pac-12 basketball, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, seeing UCLA or USC or Arizona, Arizona State, it's great basketball, and it's a lot of fun. But there's just, you know, there's a couple places, like Arizona draws huge crowds because they're a top-10 team. But, you know, it's just different here. It's just not as... You know, it's a way of life in the South. You know, people don't have weddings on Saturdays in the fall. You know, there's
2: (laughs) like. It's very different. Colin Coward took a shot, I think, at Oklahoma, was basically saying uh, how living in Norman compared to USC. I don't know, whatever. And then somebody responds to him and takes a picture, and the USC football Twitter account follower list is less than the Oklahoma softball follower list. And that doesn't matter because it's Twitter and nothing matters on Twitter. But it was really funny because, yeah, it's just different. It's a little different. Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah, Oklahoma, Norman is not Los Angeles, but I mean, the love of school is different.
1: Right. Absolutely. There's no question about that. I've got, I think LA is a beautiful place. Like, USC is great. But from a college standpoint, yes, you have your like, you know, rabid hardcore fans here just like anywhere else, but it's just not as big. And there's there's not, you know, there's a couple places off and on where you'll see, but it it's just different. You know, I was USC in basketball this year is very good. They're like a top twenty team. Right. And uh they're having trouble getting people to cover them like out in Los Angeles. Cause even when USC basketball is good in LA, it's like the eleventh most popular thing going on. You know, and so even somewhere like the LA Times only has so many reporters to go between, you know, when the Rams are in the Super Bowl. You know, you got the Lakers playing. You got the Dodgers that are the Dodgers, and then you've got hockey going on. The Angels, UCLA is good, and so your USC. You've got an entertaining team. You got a good coach with Andy Enfield, and they can't get any coverage there. And you know that would obviously never happen in the other. Never, marketer. never, and, and even even Ugh. somewhere like Georgia with the AJC or something like yeah. that, they would they get. If Georgia was the number four team in the country or even number 15. They'd have four they'd be, people
2: there, two beat reporters, a columnist, and a sidebar writer.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's probably stretching it a little, but yes. <laughs> but your point stands, though. The AJC would take whatever resources they had and put them towards Georgia basketball. And so I, you know, I'm now just like in USC, like people don't, it's just, it doesn't, matter how good they are, unless they're like transcendently good, like Reggie Bush USC of 2004 or whatever
2: that was. Those West Coast elites, they just don't understand.
1: There's just a lot going on out here. There's a lot of pro sports and I sort of get, and it's sort of disappointing because like, like I said, the Pac-12, there's really cool teams and, you know, and, and there are places like down in Tucson for an Arizona game, they care like for basketball, like that place was packed and it was loud and it was a lot of fun. Well, it's good talking to you. you Next time
2: you want to come into town, maybe, you know, in a month or two, or you come back to Jackson to see family, maybe, you know, right up here.
1: I will probably be coming back this summer. Yes.
2: Okay. Well, now I've got you on record.
1: I know you had to, I'm yapping so much. You had to cut me off and kick me off a show.
2: But thank you for filling in. You're the man. I appreciate you.
1: Absolutely. No question. Tell, Tell Brad Sal I said, hi, I enjoyed covering him.
2: That was David Brant. talk of champions. I'm Ben Garrett at spirit Ben on Twitter. Jordan Watkins, almost wide receiver formerly of Louisville is coming up on the modern women phone line. Before we jump to him, let me tell you a little bit about Cheney's pharmacy and Alan Samuels, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And right now with Valentine's day around the corner, go to Cheney's and Denstuhl's chocolate strawberries. Like it is every single year is on sale. So make sure you get some for your significant other. They're there right now. Denstuhl's chocolate strawberries famous every single year. Everybody's got to get them at Cheney's Pharmacy. This is Talk of Champions. A new year is here. It's 2022, not to mention that spring is around the corner in Oxford, Mississippi. What comes with it? The return of Ole Miss football, Ole Miss baseball. It's a special time of year in Oxford. You want to be there, right? You want to be in Swayze Field. You want to be back in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Well, the only way you can do that is if you're healthy, that you have a pharmacy you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. A new year brings new beginnings, a fresh start. The slate has been wiped clean. And what better way to celebrate that than with a new car? Well, if you're in the market, there's only one place you should go, and that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, from new and used sales to parts and service. Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect care and attention to detail most everyone who's listening to this podcast should know by now I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in and I cannot say enough good things about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford when you go ask for Brian or Mason they'll make sure to get you in the car that you want at a price point you can afford and make sure to tell them the talk of champions sent you to take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. You can contact them today at two 8,000 2201 East university Avenue, 234 8,000 Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends.
1: The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in rebel sports.
2: <laughs>
1: modern Woodman. Let's make a
2: difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett, at Spirit Been on Twitter, going down to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to Ole Miss wide receiver Jordan Watkins. Hey, buddy, what's up?
3: Hey, what's going on? You good? Yeah, things have been going great. Um, you know, I, I love, like I said last week, I love the city of Oxford and 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 you know, everything that it has to offer. And it's just such an amazing town.
2: Jordan is sponsored by LeBlanc CPA. It's an exclusive content partner of the Old Miss Spirit, OMSPirit.com and fleet of three dot com. Let me know something about what it's like adjusting cuz you know how things were done at Louisville. It's not the same as like coming out of recruiting in high school and you're getting pursued by all these schools and you got to decide and that's your school. You've been through it before. It's a different process, but how much of a change has that been? I mean, has it been much of a shock cuz you've been through it before?
3: Um no, not really, you know, kind of uh you know, whenever you're going into the transfer portal, um like you said, you know, you already been through recruiting once coming out of high school, so um you coming out of uh you coming out of college is a little bit different because you've already seen all the all the the whistles and bells as you could say um you know you're not really really worried about more of um you know the facilities and and what they kind of have to offer on that end um because more than likely the use the institution that you came from has the same thing as well um and you know, like I said, you're not really worried about the bells and whistles. You're more worried about the scheme and the fit, and um, and you know, kind of what you can contribute to the team. Um, because all in all, you know, you you come in here and and you wanna you wanna be an immediate impact of the transfer. You know, you're not transferring for any reason. You want to be an immediate impact, and I felt that Ole Miss was the best spot for me to do that at, and uh, and I felt I felt that it was the best scheme and, and best fit for me um and my skill set. What's it like yeah. those first
2: forty eight hours when uh you're officially able to be contacted?
3: You know, it's actually all kind of crazy. Um especially with the portal now. You know, it's just all all really like so crazy. I I think like the first I wanna say within the first couple of hours that I was actually in the transfer portal, I probably had about four or five different coaches calling me. Um and just from there, it was just nonstop. My phone was ringing, um, especially because the need for wide receivers is kind of uh, is kind of huge, um, especially in that, especially in any group really that needs experience. Because any any guy that has two years of experience in college is, is useful um, to maybe a young receiver group or or maybe a receiver group that's losing, um, you know, a couple couple older guys like Miss like Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss lost three guys um, to the NFL. Um, and so bringing in somebody who's had that experience is, is very, very crucial. And I, I'm just glad that I, I can be here and uh, glad that I'm, I'll be able to contribute next season.
2: How does a team like Ole Miss then, when you're getting blown up, so many schools want you, how does a team like Ole Miss become a potential landing spot for you? How do you start to break it down? You get what I'm saying? Like how do you start to trim the list? Because there's so many out there.
3: Yeah, right. 100%. Um, you know, for me, kind of, kind of just walk through it for me. Um, you know, well, it helped that I played Ole Miss, um, while I was at Louisville the first game of the season. So I kind of got to witness, um, a little bit of, you know, the style in person, um, because I did, I played Ole Miss, um, and that helped a little bit, but also you just, you, you start with the head coach. It's all about the head coach. Um, and you know, going into detail about Lane Kiffin, you know, it, it you you really don't even know, need to go into detail about Lane Kiffin because you you can just look at the dude's Twitter page and just <laughs> can tell that he's he's a character himself and, and what he's all about. And uh, and you know, but then you look at the scheme, you look at the offensive scheme, and then you look at where you can you, where you can fit in at. Where do you think that? Um, you'll best be at like so for example you look at um Drummond. he was kind of all all around the field kind of in a lot of different positions you go back and you watch the film and you're like well oh, i could see myself doing that and i could see myself doing that and i could see myself doing that and then you got to look at the coach and see what he's all about um see what he knows um and how and how he can develop your game you know i think that was the first question whenever I, I talked to coach nicks whenever he came to louisville i i told him i said how do you how how will you coach me um how will i be coached while i'm there Will will you tell me if i do something wrong um and then i do it again will you keep correcting me keep correcting me keep correcting me or will you just you know let it kind of slide under the table or will you find ways for me to get better um and still fit that scheme, you know what I mean? So uh, it's a lot of detail, but, um, you know, that's pretty much kind of the breakdown of how I looked at pretty much almost every school, really.
2: Was it a wide-open offense? Is that too simplistic? Or when you looked at Ole Miss, was it like, okay, this is an offense that is wide receiver friendly?
3: Well, a little bit, you know. I mean, with any – especially if you come to the SEC, I knew – for me, I knew that I wanted to go down south somewhere. I I knew I wanted to go down south. Um, whether it was ACC or SEC, it really didn't matter to me. Um, but I mean, it, it, it kind of mattered. I wanted to play in the SEC, w- playing in the SEC, you know, you got to have a good run game. I mean, that's, that's pretty much solid set in stone. You got to yeah, have a good yeah. running game to be successful. That's just how it is. Um, and I knew that if I wanted to go play in the SEC, I knew that there were, I knew that the team that I was going to had to be good at running the football. So. Um, it wasn't necessarily just run heavy, but more of a balanced offense. Like where, like if you look at um, if you if you look at a place like Ole Miss, uh, you know you got you got a good running back, you got a solid running back, and then your receivers, you know, they, you had two thousand yard receivers or a thousand one thousand one thousand yard receiver, and that's huge. Um, you look at that 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 in general is just huge. And then he's not only that, but he's going to the NFL. So then you, as a transfer, you're like, well, I can fill that spot obviously they need that spot I could fill that spot and um you know that's just kind of much what I'm talking about of course Lane Kiffin throws the ball and he's very wide receiver friendly here um I mean you can look at his track record while he was at Alabama and um and you could just tell that you know this guy knows how to put the ball in the air and be successful so that's just kind of just kind of what I'm really talking about is
2: the biggest difference between high school recruiting and transfer portal recruiting Is the prospect himself is dictating the conversations? If that makes sense.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think so, 100. percent Because, like I said, you can't, you really can't be sold on the bells and whistles. Um, You know, like facilities and stuff like that. And uh, you, you want to know pretty much about football. So, like for example, whenever Coach Nick's came again and talked to me at Louisville, we were just talking ball we weren't talking about facilities, we weren't talking about um locker rooms, we weren't talking about any of that stuff. We were just talking ball, finding new ways to get the football. That's pretty much what it how how will I be utilized if I come to your university. Um and I think that's the biggest difference whenever I notice it now because I've already been here once. Um I've already been here once. This is the second time. So you, so really you can't sell me any BS because I've already I've already heard it all. You know what I mean? And, um, and I know and I kind of, my, my BS meter is kind of, is kind of more advanced now because I had been there before, you know what I'm saying? I know how the recruiting goes. I know, you know, whenever they bring a recruit on campus, what to say, um, when to say it and, and, you know, what to tell the parents and when to tell the parents, because I've hosted official visits before. Um, so I kind of just know. And so I think that's the biggest difference between high school recruiting and college recruiting.
2: You know what it sounds like, business. What?
3: Business. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's business.
2: Yeah, culturally, it feels like like locker rooms have changed too because guys can leave.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, my guys in the receiver room at Louisville knew that I was going to leave before um, anybody else did. Um, they they knew that, and I and I told them, and you know they were all fine about it. Um, they know what it is. They know business. You know they they can tell they can tell when somebody's being utilized or when somebody's not being utilized. And if somebody's happy and not happy, because we build that bond, um, that's just how it is. You know, you're around that person a lot of hours throughout the day. Um, you know, you're interacting with that person, you're, you're working out with that person. Um, and you're just, you you know, you're, you're doing life with that person at that. And so, whenever you, whenever you see that, like you said, it's business. They, they understand that you have to do what you have to do in order to be successful in life, you know? And, and if, if I, I felt like for me personally, if I would have stayed at Louisville, I wouldn't have had as many opportunities at the NFL as what I would have here. If that makes sense.
2: Why did you know that you were leaving Louisville? What was like the trigger
3: for you? Um, for me, it, it was kind of, um, it was kind of a little bit after the Clemson game. Um, you know, for me that that's when I knew kind of, I wanted to explore the transfer portal a little bit. So I started asking questions and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, a couple of games after that, uh, I, I kind of just, I was not I was not out of it. That's, you know, I was never, I'm, I'm never the, t- the the type to quit on my team ever. You know, I kind of, I always, Gave my hundred percent effort every day, um, and nobody really knew besides the wide receiver group. They knew prematurely that I was going to leave, um, and so it wasn't a shock. It was it wasn't a shock to them, those guys, because I owed them that. You know, those are those are my guys, and uh, you know we still talk and we still in the group chat and we still talk to each other now. Um, but you know that that was kind of the turning point for me was was whenever we played Clemson, and I, I think I was just overly frustrated, and, and throughout those last couple games, I kind of just thought about it and, and you know, just kind of um, was really more focused on um, what I had to do in order to, um, you know, be able to enter the transfer portal because of those last couple of games were really, um, those were really just highlights for me. So that way I was building my resume so that way I could leave.
2: Freedom of movement for players is something that this sport has needed, but there's a lot of people out there saying now, how there needs to be a window because it feels like right now it's an all year thing. Do you think that they need that just to know this is when it will be?
3: Um, I, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I, I don't really know. I know for me, I, I knew I had to finish out the season and I think that um, see, we had a guy leave um with two games left in the season or three, three games left in the season. He entered the transfer portal. Um, and, and I think there might be, there might need to be a window, but between that window of, for me, I know I know the hardest part for me whenever I entered was the time limit between was the time limit between the spring semester and when my season ended, right? And right. when both season and with bowl season came in because I had entered the day after our last regular season game after we had played UK. I entered the transfer portal, and even for me then it was hard for me to go on visits because there was a dead period in January, right? So in order for me to get so in order for me to get enrolled into um into a school that I had never seen before was gonna be hard for me because I had never visited the campus. Right. Um fortunately enough, I got to visit Ole Miss before um before the dead period had ended and before I went I wanted to make my decision before Christmas so that way I can spend the holidays with my family, spend that time with them and then get to business wherever I needed to get to. You know what I mean? So So basically what you
2: think think they need to do for transfers is different. It's not the same recruiting rules and and regulations like with high schoolers. Like that period after the season is over, those two months, eliminate the quiet period of stuff. Y'all need at least a full month to be able to do this.
3: Yeah, 100%. So that way we can get here in the spring. We can start learning the playbook. We can start doing all that. And we can get acclimated into the school because for me, it was just kind of like bam, bam. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like Bam Bam mm-hmm. and what's next? And through that dead period, I, I was talking to coaches, but I couldn't go see the I couldn't go see the school. You know, the coaches were like, Oh, we want you, we want you here, we would love for you to come here. But as a person, and for me, it's just like, well, I've never seen the school. I, you know, it's a lot different meeting a person over the phone than it is in person. And not only that, but my mom has to see the campus as well because I'm I'm a huge believer in family you know I I I love being around my family so I I me I had to make my decision based off what my mom felt and my mom felt that it was a great great opportunity for me then of course I was going to look more into that that you know that opportunity but that's just kind of I feel like I feel like they do need to kind of eliminate that quiet period for transfers because it is a little bit different for transfers.
2: But see your success story. If you could give advice to any kid that's thinking about getting in because you've been through it, what would you say?
3: I would say go back to your old connections. Whenever you were in high school, those coaches that recruited you didn't recruit you for no reason. They wanted you. They believed in you in high school. Now, you have a year or so many years in college and now you're more developed, you know the game a little bit more, you're more your skill set is, is, is much broader. So go back to those old connections that you once had in high school because most of those coaches' numbers are the same. And those and more than likely those coaches that followed you in high school still follow you today. And and that was that was that was probably the pivotal moment for me and how I first got into the transfer portal because whenever I first entered, those coaches that wanted me in high school are the same coaches that wanted me again—the same exact ones. What was the connection with Ole
2: Miss? Who was that person?
3: Uh, he is no longer here. He went to Oklahoma. He followed the new offensive coordinator. I, I, I can't really—I'm trying to remember his name off the top of my head, but he was here, and he—that's so where my it started. Connection. Yeah. Yeah and he it started with him he was a, a quality he was actually a quality control here I want to say um and I had had a connection with him and then he had turned my film into coach nicks and um Lane Kiffen and then that's when the connection had started
2: What is Lane Kiffen the recruiter like
3: uh, he's, he's pretty, he's pretty chill. You know, he, he's, he's a good, he's a very good recruiter. You know, he he knows, he knows like with me, it was pretty much about business. He told me, he was like, you know, we're not bringing you in here to play no games. If we we're bringing you in here as a transfer, we really want you to play um and we want you to make an impact but you got to earn it you know what I mean he was pretty straightforward with me um because like I said it is business and you know I'm a lot older than a lot of the guys coming out of high school so um but he he's a he's a pretty cool guy
2: you kind of got the ball rolling too because after you come Zach and then Troy Brown and I and then Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg it was a really strong transfer class does that matter being a part of that does that mean something to you
3: I think so, one hundred percent. um you know, if you look at the guys that they lost last year, they're losing some pretty um some pretty key factors um and just knowing that you can you can fill those voids are are awesome. um and you know, I kind of think that now um, you know you look at all the stuff that that's posted on the old miss page is it's revolving the transfer portal um and just to to know that you can be a part of that is, is special.
2: What are your early impressions of Zach Evans and Aishim, all those guys? Aishim, of course, is like Jordan, an exclusive NIO content creator with the Ole Miss Spirit. What do you think about these transfers? Just your early impressions.
3: Um, you know, I I like those guys. They they're really they're really hard workers. Um, you know, we get along really well. Uh, we get along with the team really well. And I think that we, we're Fitting in perfect. Um, I think as a whole unit, we're we're kind of fitting in, and oh, at Ole Miss is really a family. Um, and I think that they kind of embraced us with open arms, and and um, you know. But yeah, just hard workers. That's what they do. They're hard workers. They're great guys. They always got a smile on their face. Um, so I think that's that's a pretty pretty big uh, pretty big impression on them.
2: As far as recruiting circles right now is Ole Miss's name pretty hot?
3: I think so. I think so. 100%. And I think, uh, I think it's only going to get hotter from here. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, you, you look at the things that they were able to do last season and, uh, you can argue that a couple plays could change the whole outcome of the season. Um, and I think that, um, I think once the season gets rolling for this year, um, I think we're going to impress a lot of people. And I think that we're going to go pretty far and, uh and we're gonna shock the world. Ten
2: and three last year. You weren't a part of it, but you are now. What's the expectation this year? The playoffs?
3: Yeah, expectations are high. Expectations are definitely high, but we gotta we gotta uh we gotta win the West first. That's the uh that's the biggest. We gotta win the West. He's
2: Jordan Watkins, an exclusive NIL partner with the Old Miss Spirit, com, an affiliate of Own3.com, and he's sponsored by LeBlanc CPA in Metairie, Louisiana, 504 770 That's the number. Thank you, my friend. What's the major? What are you majoring in?
3: Sports administration.
2: You sure you don't want to do media? Because you're really good at this.
3: <laughs> it, might, it might be in my future. There you go. He's Jordan Watkins. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Yeah, no problem.